those uh, descriptions of the temple and all mm. the so it was a and I knew it was coming up too so I was real anxious I mean that probably was just adding to my angst but, uh, anyhow I thought it was a beautiful example of uh, saints being dedicated to learning about the, the way of Elohim and uh, Ruach led me to write a short prayer based on Solomon's words and share it with that yesterday to open today's discipleship teaching the pastor over nine. That's from 1 Kings 8, 16 through 52. Blessed be Yahuwah, Elohim, since the days you brought your children of Bet Yeshurun out of slavery and confusion from a land known as America. You called us to build a house for you to dwell there. You also brought us a pastor, Obadiah, and moved his heart to teach us how to be your disciples. Indeed, we're here this Sabbath to continue dedicating a corporate body, the name of Yahuwah Elohim, and our individual temples made without hands. We also seek to make a place for the Ark of your Covenant, which you made with our ancestors and us, after freeing us from the bondage of sins. O Yahuwah Elohim, there is no mighty one in heaven above or on earth below like you who keeps your covenant and mercy with your servants of Bet Yeshurun. We gather before you this Sabbath in this sanctuary or on the internet and ask that you keep the promise spoken through your word toward your sons and daughters for heeding your voice and for walking before you in the way of your beloved son, Yahushua. Now we pray, let your word be true. Regard these prayers of your servants. Look on our supplications. Accept our petitions this day. Say yes, my name and Ruach shall be there. O Yahuwah Elohim, here in your heavenly dwelling place, and forgive Bet Yeshurun, for when we fall short of your standards, Indeed, act and judge us as your servants according to your righteousness. Although we may ignorantly sin against you, we, we have turned back, confessed your name, and are praying and make supplication to you. Please hear in heaven, forgive and reconcile us through the atoning sacrifice of our Redeemer and King Yahushua. May you be pleased by our Sabbath day offering and rejoice as we turn from our ways unto your teachings of the good way for your inheritance to long. O Yahuwah Elohim, as we return to you with all our hearts and all our souls, grant compassion unto your people, that you brought out of confusion and bondage. Keep us separate from the peoples of this earth, as promised unto your servant Moshe. Look upon Bet Yeshurun, whom you redeemed by your great power, your mighty hand, Incline your ear, be attentive to this prayer of those who fear only you, who hold your name in awe and respect. Grant us a Sabbath of your mercy, comfort, and compassion. Especially bless Pastor Obadiah as he shares a teaching from you. Abundantly bless him for sharing it with us and bless us in the receiving of it. We pray in the name of Yahushua, our Redeemer and our King. Hallelujah. Amen. Say a short personal prayer as well before getting started. Heavenly Abba, Yahweh, I just pray that this day you send your work, copper dash my way. Even at this very moment, send them within me to abide as I strive to lead and guide your flock into the green pastures of the world. Cause them to bring to memory all the things I've heard during my study time with you and the fruit of my lips that nothing escapes me except that which is good and true. Therefore, from the lesson this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your flock to feed freely. 
Not that they might be impressed with me, but that they may be blessed by me. Only pray that you utilize me to illuminate the world's darkness with your word, to illuminate the darkness with your words, light that displaces any fragment of strength in their hands, that they might fight and enter thy kingdom. Therefore, for me this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright. Again, not that they might see me, but that they may find you, the one with whom all glory and honor is due. Yahuwah, my Ellen King, I pray that you accept from me this day my offer. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right, so we're continuing on with the uh, discipleship training course. And we're going to start off um, by getting into the world of scripture. And of course, we have a poem to help us get there. It says, Welcome to my world. Place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is so from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, and the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the world, the demons are birds, the dead are yet alive, and living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place where the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the awesome world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. We're our cock with death. She's about to begin to Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. We have some rubber boots here. Yeah. Man, you put rubber boots on. Yeah. All right. So precursor went out. That's it. <laughs> Uh, let me have my first reader read Genesis 29, 1 through 8. And, uh, just as a reminder, we're going over the story of Yaakov. You know, and so we're gonna, uh, we started it last week. We're going to continue in that vein today. Genesis 29, beginning in verse 1. Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field. And lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered. And they rolled the stone from the well's mouth, and watered the sheep, and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto them, my brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel his daughter cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is yet high day. Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot, until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. Hallelujah. All right. So we have some would-be disciples here, so we're going we're gonna to break some of this down. So here it is. Last week we dealt with Yaakov. You know, he was sent off to go and get a bride. 
and we're gonna get a bribe from Haram. And we spoke about how, you know, that depicted how Esau represented the will and and Yaakov the understanding and how he was sent off to go get this bride from Haran. And Haran actually Haran actually spoke to, you know, uh, a place that was uh, scorched, you know, and we spoke about how it symbolizes the fiery trials that one would have to go through. Okay? And so that said. You know, eventually he makes it to Haran. You know, and this is what you know this week is about. You know, um, he went on his journey and he finally came into the land of the people of the east. All right, so he came into the land of the people of the east. What is that telling us? What is what is scripture saying to us with that? People of the light. Say again. People of the light. Yes, people of the light. Um, what, 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 um, which light? Yes, Yah's light. Yes, heavenly light. But the, the, the word East is telling us something about that light. The beginning of light. Or the first light. Right? You know, so that's what the East is telling us. So it's he, he went into a land of the people of the first light. You know, and so that's it, that's it, that's important. And uh, and just when it speaks of peoples throughout scripture, <clears throat> generally speaking, those people uh, speak the truths. You know, <clears throat> so we have a spiritual picture of here of the first truths. You know, um, and so he goes into the land of the peoples of these first truths. And it says, and he looked and he beheld, he be, uh, and behold, a well in the field. What are we talking about? Wisdom? Yes. Field represents the world. What does the well represent? Council. Council. Absolutely. Um, what kind of council? Ground. Uh, the what? The deep. Not the deep. Coming from the ground. Man's council. Yes. Um, but it's the word. The word. It's the word. Uh, specifically because wells are, are dug. And like the same root word for dug is the same root word for right. Mm -hmm. Because back in the pre, I don't want to say prehistoric days, but <laughs> back in the ancient times, you know, in order for them to write, they literally had to dig into something, you know, because their writing was, was more so like carving, you know, originally, you know. And so like, you know, when Yah wrote in stone, mm -hmm. you know, he literally carved stone with his finger mm. you know and so like I said the root word for dig and the root word for write is is uh is actually the same root mm. and so within that you, you can see like this well you know speaking of like written word you know or written counsel if you would but it's the first light 
first wisdom, um, understanding the knowledge that was written. You know, and so when we when we compare that to scripture, what are we talking about? Torah. Torah, absolutely. You know, so we're talking about Torah, the, the first of the writings. You know, and so I want you to understand these things because, you know, it's speaking to the way of Yahoo. You know, you know, our understanding has to go on this journey. You know, and it has to go back to the peoples of the East. It has to go back to the first troops. You know, and we have to behold that well in the field. We, we have to behold those ancient um, writings that was dug in the world, that was dug out in the world from a long time ago and they, that holds the water or the truth of Yah's word. So we have to go back there. We have to go back to the Old Testament writings of Torah. Amen? Mm -hmm. And it said, you know, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. Hmm. What does this tell us? Three flocks of sheep lying by it. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if we went over the symbolism for sheep. Um, did we? I'm not certain. Um, I don't think so. So, the sheep represents uh, righteous followers. You know, even as the sheep follow the shepherd. Mm -hmm. You know, we and we know who the ultimate shepherd is. Yep. You know, the sheep represents those who follow. You know, so okay. it represents the righteous followers. You know, uh, the number, the number three tells us that they're also holy. You know, there's there's uh there's spirituals, spiritually complete, they're holy. You know, and they're lying by this well in the field. They're lying by these this written truth of old that's that's in the world, you know, and this is Torah. You know, and you know, it even can be said that uh, that this implies, you know, the three different faiths that hold those scriptures, you know, um, as holy, which is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Now, it says, for out of that well they watered the flocks. You know, so this is where they got the, the truth from. This is where they quenched their thirst for that for truth from. You know, now, it says, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. What are we talking about? Sure. Absolutely. We're talking about not sure. You know, and even as there's an old saying that says, you know, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You know, 
Yahshua is that great stone that's upon the mouth of those waters of that well. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Yep. I pray you can see that. Yep. You know. Now, it tells us in verse 3, it says, Thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again uh, upon the well's mouth in his place. In his, in his place. And Yaakov said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran we are. What does Haran tell us? Ron speaks to that which is scorched. Mm. Those who are enduring fiery trials. Mm. You know, they're scorched. They're going through through the fire. Mm. You know, and he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. Mm. What does Laban represent? White. White and, and righteousness. white is righteousness, exactly. You know, and the son of Nahor. Nahor speaks to one who is snoring or that is that is sleeping. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, <laughs> literally one that's snoring. <laughs> You know, so we see a, a righteousness of of one that sleep or a righteousness of one that's dead. Mm -hmm. You know, could be speaking to motion. Mm -hmm. You know, now verse six says, and he said unto them, "Is he well?" And they said, "He's well." And he says, "Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep." You know. And so here comes Rachel with the sheep. Hmm. Now, that's interesting because Rachel, her name just so happens to mean, and you, that is a female sheep. Hmm. Hmm. So here come the sheep with the sheep. Hmm. You know, and Yaakov, you know, remember he represents understanding, right? He's about to share some. He says, Lo, it is yet high day. Neither is it time for the cattle that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep and go feed them. Now, this is important because this tells us in the larger scheme of things, Yaakov will show up at the time when the sheep need to be watered and fed. Mm. You see that? You know, spiritually speaking, you know, in the larger scheme of things, Yaakov will manifest in Haran at the time when the sheep need to be watered and fed. Mm. All right? You know, and verse 8 said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together until they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. Mm. You know, and... So I want you to take note, like we cannot until all the flocks be gathered together until they roll the stone. Hmm. 
the infamous day. <laughs> they always saying something. <laughs> they always doing something. They always got somebody else's name in their mouth. They always, you know, doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> now here it is, they not moving the stone. <laughs> you know, you gotta wait on them. Whoever they are. But one of the things I want to call to your attention is verse 9. I just want to take a little closer look at that. It says, And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. You know? And so I want you to compare that because Rachel is the would-be bride, right? Mm -hmm. This is the one he falls in love with, right? Yep. Yeah. You know? So it says, While he spake, spake with them, she came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. Now, this off the rip should raise a flag. Hmm. Because there's a parallel, you know, uh, a, 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 it's a small parallel, but there's a parallel here to something else. What is it? Not quite. Say again. What does that have to do with anything? What is that parallel? You know, it's a it's the it's a likewise scenario that's presented. You know, even while he's praying, you know, here comes Rebecca. You know, <coughs> just as a reminder, Genesis twenty four fifteen, and it came to pass before he had done speaking. See, he was still yet speaking. Beyond he had, he was done speaking. That behold, Rebecca came out. Who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, and her pitcher upon her shoulder. Mm. You know, and Genesis 29 9, and while he yet spake with them, see, that's why I thought you had, had it, you know, and while he yet spoke with him, Rachel came with her father's sheep. You know, so yes, we have a parallel. Here it is. This is both talking about the would be wives. You know, of the sons of Abraham, right? Now, so there is a parallel, but what's the contrast? One's watering the sheep, uh, one's watering, the other one's keeping the sheep. Well, she's coming there to, to water, water. Sheep. But you, you, you hide. That's true. One water the sheep, one water the camels. Mm. That's very much true. Mm. Um, Yaakov had to remove the stone. Yaakov had to remove the stone from the well. 
that is that's another contrast. Aiden said that one. Uh, was looking for Rebecca, the other one wasn't. Say again? Eliezer was looking for Rebecca, the other Well, yeah, he was, he was trying to find, he was trying to find uh, uh, Laban. And here's the thing. They both were looking for, for a wife, you know, actually, you know. Mm -hmm. But here, here, here's, here's the thing. How about this? We see a picture of um, Re uh, Rebecca. She comes. She's carrying a picture. Now, what is she going to do with that picture? She's going to fill it with water. And she's going to take the water back to her lovers. Right? Whereas Rachel... She brought her loved ones with her. She brought the followers with her. And she was going to water them right there on the spot. See the difference? Mm -hmm. You know, so, so so one was was planning on, one was putting the water in a pitcher. And the other was just taking the water and, and um, quenching the sheep's thirst right there on the spot now I know that sounds doesn't sound like a, like a big difference but that's a huge difference because that's that's essentially like what we're doing right now is we're actually drinking from that picture that Rebecca filled you know she was putting water in a container water represents what truth she was putting the truth in a container to be used later. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Now, Rebecca and Isaac was one. We know that. Isaac represents Yahshua, Rebecca represents his apostles, right? Rebecca was putting the water in a container for her loved ones to use later. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. You know, it's just what the bride of Yahshua did. They put the water in a container that we call the Brick Kadashah or the New Testament scriptures. For later use. We come along much later. But we're still drinking of that water that's in those containers. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Whereas Yaakov, when he comes along, he just removes the cover from the container. Can you see that? Because the container in this, you know, in in. In this story, the container is the well. You know, but you can also view the picture as a type of well. You know, but it has a top one. So what Yaakov does, he removes the cover. He removes the cover from the container so that the sheep 
can drink. Mm. I pray you can see that. It's a, it's really 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 a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the difference betwixt the two brides. You know, that's the difference between the two brides. Rebecca, she puts her water in a pitcher for later use. But Rachel, she feeds her followers, she feeds the sheep right there on the spot. But that's because her would-be husband takes the cover off of the container off of the well that's contained in the water. I pray you can see that picture. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it really, really is a beautiful picture. So beautiful that clicker, I don't want to click on it. All right. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 29, 10 through 18. And it came to pass when Yaakov saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban's, his mother's brother, that Yaakov went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Yaakov kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Yaakov told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Yaakov, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Yaakov, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, and what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters, and the name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Yaakov loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into this. Well, Rachel, we already defined as in the youth. You know, we already talked about what the sheep represent. You know, so came to pass when Yaakov saw Rachel. When Yaakov, who represents understanding, when the one that has understanding saw the sheep, the you, you know, the daughter of righteousness, you know, his mother's brother and the sheep, those that followed her, of Laban's mother's brother, that Yaakov went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock. So he removed the cover from the truth, from the container, from that, from that which was contained the truth from the well's mouth, and watered the flock. He watered the righteous of his mother's brother. Okay, now it said in verse twelve that Yaakov uh, told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebecca's son. Uh, and so you know it speaks to he being that one that was ensnared 
son. You know, and there's some symbolism in there that that actually you know speaks to him being the son of Yahshua, the one that was ensnared, even as the water was ensnared within within the picture. You know um, that Rebecca would have. You know. Uh, but I don't really want to go there. But um, if we drop down to 16, it says Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. You know, and so here it is. Leah would be a would-be is a would-be wife. And Rachel, the younger, was uh, is also would be a would be wife. Now he fell in love with Rachel, of course, you know, and he wanted to marry Rachel. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna try to give you an example of what of what Rachel represents. You know, like, Leah represents, like, the external truth, you know, whereas Rachel represents the internal truth. You know, and, uh, as, a, as a wife, you know, as wives, that's what they, that's, that's what they represent, you know, that external truth is kind of like the container, where, uh, whereas uh, that internal truth is like what's in the container. So he fell in love with what was in the container, which was represented by Rachel. So as an example, it's kind of like, you know, folks fall in love with Rachel all the time. You know, the followers of the faith, they fall in love with Rachel because, you know, concerning like, uh, Concerning concerning scripture, they fall in love with Rachel. They fall in love with what's in the container, like you know, salvation. Salvation is something that's contained that's contained in the container, you know. And so you know, they get a glimpse of Rachel, and they oh, she's beautiful. That's just uh, I, I want to become one with her, you know. I you know that's that's who I want. I'll serve you seven years for. Her. You know, and they look past Leah. You know, Rachel is what's in the container, but Leah represents the container itself. And so this is how he gets tricked, because he has his eye on what's in the container. Well, there's no way you can, well, I'm get, jumping ahead of myself, you know, it says that the younger was Rachel, and that's why she's the younger, because you're going to encounter the container before you encounter what's in it, you know. And Leah was uh, tender-eyed and said, I will serve you seven years. Now, the seven years tells us something right off the rip, you know. What does the number seven tell us? Com completion, Yah stamp. What else? Holiness. Holiness. Holy, and holiness speaks to sanctification, right? You know, so this is telling us that he's willing to become holy. He's willing to become 
sanctified, he's willing to put Yah's stamp upon him that he might get Rachel. Mm -hmm. You follow me? Yeah. You know, this is what he's willing to do. And so Laban agrees. Sound good to me. Verse 19. Genesis 29, 19-24 says, And Laban said, It is better that I give her to, to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Yaakov served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her, had to her. And Yaakov said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his, his daughter, you know, and brought her to him and he went in unto her you know and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah his maid for an handmaid hmm. now Zilpah's name means a trickling you know um, to move slowly or bit by bit you know and Verse 25 says, And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be done, it must not so, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Okay, and so, yes, you know, like when we go back, like, you know, he re he saw Rachel, he saw the, uh, I said he saw the truth that was in her, but actually um, speaks more so of the goodness, you know, like, and, and goodness could be like that salvation that, that, you know, people see in scripture, you know, they see like there's a plan for salvation for humanity, they fall in love with that plan for salvation, they want salvation, and they're like, okay, you know, yes, I'll do whatever I need to do in order to acquire that to become one with that, to marry Rachel, you know? And so what is that gonna involve? That's gonna involve serving righteousness for seven years. In other words, serving righteousness until you are holy and sanctified and set apart of Yah and um, finished in his eyes and his stamp of approval was put upon you, you know? And that's what the seven years represent, you know? And actually, whenever you, you know, we, we see daughters spoken of in scripture, you know, they always speak to a type of goodness. And sons speak to a type of truth. You know, and so here it is, he served seven years. You know, so and he's like, Give me my bride. Mm -hmm. And so they they have they have this uh this great gathering that says in Verse 22, and Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And he gave he gave them Leah in the dark. Hmm. Said, whatever you do, don't turn on the light. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah made. Now, so she has a helper, and that helper speaks to her trickling. So here it is we have. We have Leah, who represents that outer container or that external external goodness, you know, um, 
you know, you have an external goodness, but you have an internal goodness as well. You know, external goodness is just what you see on the outside, but someone can fake that. Someone can do a lot of good things that's seen on the outside, you know, but they, they're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, and so the inside is not right, you know, but then you have a goodness that comes from the inside, you know, they're genuinely, it's, it's a genuine goodness that comes from the inside that manifests itself on the outside. You know, and so that's the that's the difference between the two. You know, and so that's he was serving for Rachel. He was serving for that true salvation. You know, not just the look of salvation, if you would. You know, but he ended up with Aaliyah instead of a Rachel. He ended up with Aaliyah. You know, one that was very odd that didn't have full understanding. You know. Weary eyes speaking to her not to her her sight or her understanding. So she didn't have full understanding. You can you can see that in that, you know. And he said, "Why you do this?" He said, "It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn." Mm -hmm. You know. And when you think about what these things represent, you can see why it had to go that way. You know, there's no way you can get the contents of a container without first getting the container. You know, you have to get the container, then get the contents out of the um, container. And so he goes on to tell her, fulfill her week, and we will give thee also, will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Mm -hmm. So now we see another type of sanctification. Another type of um, uh, of of Yah's stamp of approval. Another process that has to be complete, you know. And so um, for for Rachel, so so this is what we see with this other set of seven years. And it says Yahweh did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel his daughter to wife also. And Laban gave to Rachel his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her, her maid. And Bilhah means timid, mm. you know, um, i.e. fearful and hesitant. You know, so she has some help. Rachel has some help. The followers, you know, um, the righteous followers have help, but they're, fear, they're fearful and they're hesitant. You know, um, now that, that can sound really bad, but, you know, they can be fearful of Yah's. Yah's word, fearful of Yah, and that would be a good thing. That would make them uh, wise, right? And, you know, and hesitant, you know, out of wisdom. You know, Genesis 29, 30, and he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him yet seven other years. And when Yahuwah saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, for Rachel was barren. You know, and so Again, here it is. We see that there's two processes that you have to go through. You know, and this is the same. Is that's this is what Scripture teaches as well. You know, you have to go through the first process of sanctification, which is with Torah. Then you have to go through another process of sanctification which is Yahshua's commandments, words, and sayings. 
So you see there's two processes of sanctification that you have to go through to get salvation, which just so happens to be uh, significant of the number 14. Hmm. And seven and seven is what? 14. 14. So I pray you see how these things are interwoven together. You know, and it says Yahuwah saw that Leah was, was hated. You know, once you see what's in the container, you do begin to love the container less than what you find inside of it. You know, um, and that's all that this word hate means. It means to love less. You know, it doesn't mean to literally hate. It just love less. You know, but Leah begins to give birth. And, you know, I don't know, I'm still praying about as to whether or not we're going to get into the sons and what they represent. You know, um, you know, but, but sons in general, when we look at scripture and we see it speaks of sons, it generally speaks to truths which was spawned from goodness. You know, for example, Yahushua, who was spawned via the goodness of the Father's love for humanity. You know, hence he was given here to die for our sins because the Father so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, right? And when his Son came, he was the truth, the way, and the life. You know, and daughters, generally speaking, when you see them in Scripture speak to, as aforementioned, speak to goodness but it's goodness which came through truth, you know, because um, you can have some goodness that don't come through truth. You can have goodness that come through other goodness. But this daughter specifically speaks to goodness who, come, who came through truth. You know, for example, Rachel, who come through her mother who served Laban or righteousness as his wife. You know, and so this is two examples of um, what I'm talking about there as far as generally speaking when you see sons and you see daughters in scripture. You know, there there are no arbitrary words in scripture. Everything is intentional. You know, and people like they like to make light of the word as if it's, it has no integrity as if it's, you know, by happenstance, as if it's just arbitrary words put together, you know. But we are handling the word of the Most High. We are handling, when you handle scripture, you're handling Yah himself, <coughs> Yahushua himself, you know. You cannot divorce yourself from the word and get to know Yah on a personal level. Don't be fooled into thinking that. So many people think that they can do that. A lot of people, you know, just about throw the word out and they just depend on what they call the Ruach HaKodesh to lead and guide them. And they don't know the word teaches that the Ruach HaKodesh is the spirit of truth and the truth is the word. 
they're inseparable. You can't have one without the other. You know, so hence I always tell people, you know, if your Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit that's dealing with you, if it tells you to do something that's contrary to the word, mm. <laughs> stick with the word. Because the actual Ruach HaKadosh cannot go against the word because it is the spirit of truth and the spirit of truth is the spirit of the word because thy word is truth. So said, you know, um, scripture, John 17, 17. So understand these things. Mm. Understand that, you know, they are interwoven and, and they are all connected, you know, and there's great truths and great wisdom and understanding and knowledge, you know, within these containers we call words. You know, and if you're diligent and you seek God with your whole heart, you know, he will begin to show them to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's all I have for today. Pray with you. Alright, we'll take any questions.